What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. When we talk about family, it's very important to understand that as Pastor Fran beautifully opened up our series last week and she gave us an amazing word, an introduction, and I want to preface my, my message today by reminding us uh, of that message that when we talk about family, we are talking about a God-ordained institution. God loves family and God's heart and his desire is for you to belong, to be connected for you to be a part of a tribe or a family, whether it's in the natural or in the spiritual, God loves family. And because God loves family and established it from the foundations of this earth, we have to understand spiritually what begins to happen in families because we live in a broken world and we are broken people. The reality is, while God ordained this institution and God desires for us to be connected in family, the reality is that families, even godly families, even godly marriages, even godly friendships and relationships all go through attacks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Even godly relationships, marriages, and families face trials difficulties, setbacks, challenges. Even while you attend church and you're part of the church family and community, we are not exempt from the trials and the troubles of this world. So the reality is we must understand while the family was a God idea, the family also will experience attack. And there's nothing more challenging than knowing that there is a spiritual enemy, the enemy of our souls, Satan and his kingdom, that will do everything in his power to destroy, to divide a family. He would do, because there's a blessing on a family, he would do everything within his might to rise up, to attack, to try to divide, to try to destroy marriages, family, and godly relationships and friendships. He would do everything, and there's nothing worse than we are, the fact that we already have an enemy and we participate in his plan. Are you still here with me? I'm going to help somebody today. If, I, if something speaks to you, just go ahead and let me know that you're receiving the word by catching the word. Give me a good churchy amen if you're with me. Let me hear you say amen. All right, even if, if it's blessing you or convicting you, just give me a good amen anyways. There's nothing worse than knowing we already have an enemy and then we participate on the enemy side. How do we do this? When there's conflict in marriage, in our friendships, in our relationships, in our families, and we fight one another every day. Whether it's fighting because we feel like we're more committed than our partners, our spouses, 
or our friends, whether it's fighting over feeling like we're the ones that are carrying the load more than others. Y'all not talking back to me. Are you still here? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Whether you're fighting in the family because they're overuse of social media. Okay. Whether you're fighting one another because of money issues. Okay. I'm decided. Y'all helping them today. Y'all are going to help them today. Whether you're fighting because you're feeling that they're prioritizing their work over relationships. Whether you're fighting because of their pet peeves and their nasty habits. <laughs> or whether you're fighting after having kids because you're arguing about not spending enough time with each other anymore, or whether it's fighting because of infidelity and past mistakes which can be detrimental to relationships, or whether you're fighting because you're arguing about who is raising the child better. Well, my family did it this way. Well, my family did it this way. Are you still here today? I don't know if you're not saying anything. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about? Okay, good, 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 good. Don't scare me now. I need my, I need my Hope Center family to engage with the word. There's so much that we can fight all day. And now I'm talking about you wake up in the morning and you are looking for something to fight about. I'm talking about I'm talking, as soon as you wake up, you have things already locked and loaded, ready for the argument. Brother, I'm going to help somebody today. Don't worry. I'm coming for you. I'm coming. I'm coming. There's nothing. that Before you get into the argument, you already listed everything. Boy, if they say anything to me. Ooh, I got some stuff from last week. I got some stuff from last month. I got some stuff from last year. And you are ready to fight. If a joker act up. And we can spend every day of our lives fighting with each other instead of fighting for each other. I'm going to say it again. I hope that you catch it. Think about your marriage. Think about your family. Think about your children. Think about your community. Think about your relationships, your friends. We can spend all of our God-given energy, time, precious, valuable time Arguing and fighting with each other instead of fighting for each other. And so my prayer as we're engaging in this family series is that you will make a commitment to stay connected in the midst of challenges. To be interwoven and to fight for each other. To eliminate the gaps that you have. That separation, that divide with your children. That divide with your relationship. That divide within, with, between you and your church family. Whatever it is that there's a gap, I pray that you allow God to fill those gaps. Because if you don't allow God to fill those communication gaps. If you don't allow God to work in those gaps and those voids. The enemy will fill those gaps with lies, ideas and suggestions. I wish I had somebody that received that word. If you don't make a commitment to, to let God be the one to fill the voids, the emptiness, and the communication gaps, whatever it is that's creating that divide, the enemy of your soul will fill those gaps with lies, ideas, and suggestions. And can I, can I help somebody today? Can I tell you what his plan is? And it simply comes from the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says, the thief, meaning as in the enemy, comes to kill, 
to steal and to destroy. His purpose is to destroy your marriage. His purpose is to divide you from your family. His purpose is to divide you from your church family. His purpose is to want to create distraction, division, and discouragement. I wish I had somebody that would write that down because it's going to help you. His plan is to discourage you, distract you, and divide you. And there's nothing worse than be experiencing these battles and trying to build a family, build a home, build a foundation, but you never read the manual. You've never been to Ikea? I'm gonna just keep it all the way 100 with you. I am the least likely handy person. That's why God has blessed me with amazing men here that are so useful and talented and, and amazing and blessed. Men, give yourselves a round of applause. God, I, I, I thank my God for you because I have amazing, skillful people in this place. I am not that. We're going to talk after. She knows it. There's nothing more frustrating to me than having to get some furniture, go to Ikea, because they give you these what? Instruction manuals. Anybody enjoy doing that? Okay, so I got some, I'm in good company. And you're reading that thing, and any of y'all ever get frustrated reading that instruction manual? I'm talking about the leg is in the opposite side. You're talk, the, 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 the nail went where it wasn't, so anybody know what I'm talking Do I have a witness? Please don't leave me by myself, and don't judge me if you are skillful. <laughs> don't be looking down on me. But just, everything is just wrong. You ever, you ever been spending hours upon hours? You sweating, you on the floor. It's like, it, <laughs> I'm having flashbacks as I speak right now. Praise the Lord. And you're putting this thing together and you get frustrated because you're going to the manual and you're trying to get the manual, but you're feeling as if the manual is confusing you even more. Oftentimes we get overwhelmed because we have the word of God, which is our life's manual. You're going to catch it in a second. See, this word is simply more than just a religious text. This word is more than just a book of fallacies and wonderful myths and stories. This book is more, this, in fact, the Bible declares, this is the infallible word of God. When God inspired men and women to write this text, it was God himself breathing on it. This is his living, powerful, mighty word. There is nothing in life that you will ever go through that this word doesn't answer. There is no battle that you will go through that this word cannot speak to. There is never any season or any moment that this word will not guide you in. See, this is our manual. This is our life's GPS. This is God's positioning system. And sometimes it feels like we go to the word and it's frustrating. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's overwhelming. But here's the thing. You can't try to piece that thing together that you're trying to build unless you go to the manual. Why? I wish that you would catch it because the person that wrote the manual created the manual. The person that created the manual knows the purpose, the intent, and the best use of whatever it is that you're trying to build. And in the same way, the Word of God is our manual, and we must go to it in order for us to build family the way it, that honors God. 
to build relationships the way that honors God, to build marriages in ways that honors God. And my prayer is that you would go to the manual. And so today we're going to go to the manual. Is it all right if we go to the manual a little bit? Is it all right if I give you a little Bible that will help all of us in this place? I want to give you three things under the subject. I've named this, I named this message, keep the family close. Keep, look, would you say with me, keep the family close. If you got family near you, let them know. Let's stay close together. Let's stay together. If you got your spouse, your husband, your wife near you, let them, let's stay together. Some of y'all afraid. You got your wife, your husband right next to you. You you afraid to say it. Come on. Y'all gonna make me start singing Al Green. Let's stay together up in here. What's wrong with y'all? Let's stay together. The first thing that I want to share about keeping the family close or staying together, because here's the thing, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So we can have all the faith in the world. We can be coming to church praying, God help my marriage, God help my family, God help my children, God here I am, I have the faith that you can do it. But here's the thing, if there's no work attached to that, and the work is not based on your strength, it's relying dependent, dependent and relying solely on Jesus and his Holy Spirit. So the works that we do is relying on Jesus and his Holy Spirit. But the Bible says relying on Jesus, his Holy Spirit to do works. You've got to attach some action to that faith. So I want to, I want to give you a few things that you can attach action to. The first thing that I want uh, to share with you is that in order for you to keep the family close, the dynamic close, you have to work to have healthy communication. Work to have healthy communication. I'm anticipating from here on out is going to be the most quiet. Baby, that's all right. I know you're going to cheer me on in the back. Do I have somebody? Somebody said I am too. Can somebody say preach, pastor? Because there's some folks that, let, let me, there's some folks that me mugging me right now. I love you still. I love you. I love you. Work to have healthy communication. Let's go to the manual. Look at what it says. James chapter 1 verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to argue. I said it, right? I said it, right? Everyone should be quick to fight. Everyone should be quick to start a beef. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Mm. I'm coming for you, don't worry. You need to add some salt to your communication. You need to season your communication because because some of us have dry communication. Some of us have stale communication. You ever had chips that are stale, expired, not working? You taste that thing and you want to spit that thing back out. You need to add a little salt to your communication. Let me break down this acronym, SALT. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. In order for us to communicate in a way that honors God, SALT is an acronym, S-A-L-T. Let me give you this acronym real quick. Let me rush through this. The 
first uh, letter in the acronym is S, which stands for stop. In order for us to communicate healthy with people, we must stop. Because as long as you're in a hurry and rushing everywhere, you will never be able to press the pause button and you will never be able to effectively communicate. You will never be able to effectively listen. You will never be able to effectively come to an understanding because you're in a rush and you're in a hurry all the time. And when somebody wants to speak to you, you're running around. You don't have to be a bad person to break down communication. You just have to be a quote unquote busy person. Busy all the time, you can't talk. Busy all the time, you can't have a little moment where you put a pause on everything in life. Put a little pause on those meetings that the business, put a little pause on what you're doing here, what you're doing there. Put a little pause on all the busyness of life to say, you know what, I've got to connect with this person. So in order for us to effectively communicate, you've got to stop, pause. And before you engage in conversation, because a lot of times we are already busy and running around, and then we're in the heat of the moment, and we end up saying stuff that we regret. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So before you engage in that conversation that you know triggers and upset, we just take a moment to stop. Go to a bathroom. Go to the next room. Go somewhere and say, Father, give me wisdom. Let me stop. Let me breathe. Some of y'all need to breathe because you be in the heat of the moment and you just ready to lash out and say the first thing that's on your mind. But as long as you are doing that, baby, you are going to break down your communication. And when you break down your communication, you are going to cause a division in your marriage, in your family. Parents, you say the first thing that's on your mind. And as long as you're speaking the first thing that's on your mind, you can say things that are damaging. You can say things that are hurtful. You can destroy people. We've got to stop. Some of us are emulating what we saw our parents do. Well, they spoke to me like that. Baby, that, you, you only made it despite of that, not because of that. My online family, I know you're with me. <laughs> We're emulating what we saw our parents do. Listen, they... I'm not, I'm not knocking them down. They did the best they could. But can I give you a revelation that would deliver you? Just because they did the best they could doesn't mean it was the best. You can do better. You can do better. So we've got to stop in order for us to communicate. Let me give you the A. We've got to ask before you make assumptions in your family dynamic. Before you start blaming, before you start, what's wrong with you? Because that is asking a question, but really it's not asking with the intent of understanding. You are already putting the blame. You're already wanting to put somebody down. You take a moment to say, what's going on? I'm noticing that there's tension. You've got to pay attention to the tension, baby. Don't. Don't look at the tension and run away from it. You've got to ask. I want to help marriages and couples. Some of us, we don't, we don't even ask, how was your day? Because we say, I already know what they're going to say. So you've got to ask questions. How is it going? 
How are you feeling? Why do you feel that way? Why is it that that triggers you? Explain to me, I want to understand. How can I serve you better? How can I do better? Ask the, before assumptions, before blame, before putting somebody down, before already looking for a fight. Simply ask the question, what happened? Some of us hold on to things that we make assumptions about for years. And you can't let that thing go because for years you've been making the same assumptions. You've been wondering the same thing. And the thing that will resolve and deliver you from that is asking a question. You've got to ask. That's why whenever we have groups here, uh, our huddles, before our services, we have fellowship where we say, come early. Why? Because we want to create an environment where relationships grow, where people are actually talking to each other. With my leadership team, we always do something before our meetings, before we get into business. We always do a thing called the what? Where's my team? I love y'all. We, I didn't pay them to say it. They knew what's up. We do a check-in. Because before we start engaging in business and talking about what we need to do, how we need to do it, first, how was your day? How are you doing? How are you feeling? And when you ask it, be prepared for the answer. Let me give you the L in salt. You've got to listen. The Bible says be quick to listen. Slow to speak, slow to anger. You got to listen because there's a difference between hearing and listening. I know your ears are open. I know that you don't have wax in it. You cleaned it out so you can hear people. But the question is, are you listening to them? Are you actually listening? Because there is a big difference. Listening is the acquired skill can I break down listening for you? I'm gonna come down because now I feel, I feel pastor slash spiritual father. I wanna teach somebody something. When you're having a conversation and your intent is to listen, there's three things that you absolutely cannot do if you want to listen effectively. You cannot judge what the person says. You cannot become offensive at what the person says. And you cannot simply hear to want to fix immediately. Our first res resort when we're speaking to people, and this was my struggle, if I'm honest, as a pastor, because people come and they're sharing so many difficult and processing difficult things. But as, as in my early years, as I would hear them, immediately my mind goes, what's the solution? How can I fix it? What can I do? And it's not about how can we fix this, what can we do? Sometimes people, baby, just want to be heard. You don't need to come up with a solution. You don't need to try to fix it immediately. That's our struggle with listening. But just do everything to listen to what they are saying. Because the first thing that we do is as soon as they say something that we're not in alignment and agreement with, we immediately resort to this is my rebuttal, this is my debate. But as long as you're processing what you're going to retort them with and what you're going to debate them on, you are taking up the mental space to actually listen. You know the struggle in that marriage? 
that you're battling with? Are you really listening to each other? Are you asking each other the right questions? You can make, let's, 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 let's take it out of that. In your church family, we can make so many assumptions about people in church, about things that happen, about things we don't like, about things that offended us. Are you asking the right questions? Are you actually listening? Because as long as you're not, there will always be a breakdown in communication. And as long as there's a breakdown in communication, there will always be a division in the relationship. Man, let me move forward. Let me give you the T. I had three points. I might just, I might just have to end with two and continue this thing. Is this helping anybody, by the way? You've got to, the T in salt, you've got to talk to God together. <laughs> you've got to talk, not, no, no, marriage is two in this thing. Don't rely simply on your spouse's prayers. Don't rely, well, they go to church so the blessing is going to hit me. Don't rely on where they're doing the, the, the spiritual work so we're going to be all right. No! The two shall become one. Go to God together. Go about your children. Pray with your children. Begin to, begin to model a lifestyle of prayer in the morning, at night, when you send them texts. Pray to God together. There will be some seasons that will rock your family, that will rock your marriage, that will rock your relationship with God. So we have to hold on to each other and the hand of God in our lives. And for that, we've got to talk to God together. There have been seasons where I've had no other option, no solution, and all I've had is say, God, is look at my wife and say, baby, let's hold hands because some season will require that. Baby, let's hold hands because I can't handle this, because it's too tough, because this burden is too heavy. But when we pray together, ah, things begin to shift. Things begin to change. When we talk to God together, ask the question after you listen, how can I pray for you? The talking, we, we want to talk, our opinions, what we feel, that's all right, get it out when you're listening. But at the end of the day, let's talk to God together. <laughs> this is how I feel, this is my opinion, but at the end of the day, what does God say concerning this matter? Let's pray. Let's talk to God together. Let me give you the second thing, and I'll continue this the next week. You've got to work to resolve conflict. Oh, praise you, Lord. Thank you. Pastor, you are preaching so good. I'm receiving this message. This is helping me. Thank you so much. Amen. Work to resolve conflict. Look at what the Bible says, the manual, Romans chapter 14, verse 19. It says, let us therefore make, what does it say? Let us therefore make what? Every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. According to a marriage and family counselor, Dr. John Gottman, he did 40 years of research. 
he surveyed and studied 3,000 married couples. He was an absolute expert in his field. He said this, when families or marriages were not intentional about resolving their conflict, here it is, 69% of marriage conflicts never were solved. 69% of it, when marriages and families, when they weren't intentional, they lived all of their lives with unresolved conflict. Can I give you something that you would write down? Conflict is inevitable, but destruction is optional. Conflict is inevitable, but destruction is optional. You cannot avoid conflict. I know some of us are afraid of conflict. We say, I'm a passive person. I don't like conflict. I run away from it. But here's the reality. As long as you are afraid of the conflict, as long as you are afraid of the tension, as long as you are afraid to address some things and really talk about it and really listen about some things, you will always experience a divide. You will always become discouraged, and you will always ultimately see your relationship suffer. So I want to help the passive person. I want to help the assertive person. I want to help the aggressive person. And I want to tell you that conflict is not the issue. Do not be afraid of the conflict. Unresolved conflict is the issue. So how do we deal with it? We've got to be proactive. We've got to face it head on. We've got to talk about it. Don't ignore the issues with your money. Talk about it. Don't ignore the issues about what that person said. Talk about it. Don't try to sweep under the rug what they did to you. You've got to address the conflict. But here is the goal. How do I address conflict in a biblical way? Let us, here it is. Make every effort to do what leads to what? To peace. You can be engaging in conflict and addressing conflict, but as long as the end goal is peace and you submit it to Jesus, you will be able to come out of that conflict in your relationship better than ever. You will be able to come out of that situation or that conflict with your family better than ever because the goal is peace. Every time I engage in any conflict, if there's any tension in my marriage, we face it and we address it head on, but we always, before we begin the conversations, we always say, the goal of this conversation is for us to reconcile and to be at peace. Do, do you want peace in your home? I'm talking about what's the opposite of peace? It's war. And some of us live in a war zone every day you shut the door of that house. Because the goal is, how can we make every effort to do what leads to peace? How can we mutually edify each other? That word edification is the word that we get edifice from, which is a building. How can we build if the goal is to not mutually build each other? If it's not making every effort to make peace. Uh, Lord, I pray that there will be families that they... 
their goal is to live in peace. Lord, my prayer here today is that marriages would just long and go after making peace because they've been at war too long. In fact, I know right now in my spirit that many of you are receiving this word and it's tough, but baby, this is the Lord speaking to you because you've been at war. In fact, even before you got here, you were arguing in the car and that's why you're having a hard time receiving the word, but the Lord is telling you that this is what you've got to do and you will see a shift in your relationship, a shift in your marriage. This is God the Father letting you know that you can have peace. Be at peace. How do I how do I have the motivation to strive for peace? How do I have an example? I haven't seen it in my family. I haven't seen it in my grandparents. I haven't seen it in friends. I don't, I don't see it around me. Just look to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. I wish I had some people that really love Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I said, look to Jesus. Did you know that Jesus made every effort to make peace with us. Every ounce of sweat, blood, and tears. Every little bit of discomfort. Every bit of conflict. See, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you knew this, but we deserve the wrath of God. I don't know if you knew this. We deserved hell, fire, and brimstone. But the love of Jesus, the love of God, he, he put himself in the middle of conflict, and he said, I would do everything in order for my children, my creation, to be at peace with God. That's why the Bible says that he made peace with with us in order for us to have that relationship he dealt with the conflict he went through the discomfort he went through the pain he faced it head on that's why the bible says that the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus that's why the bible says in isaiah you keep in perfect peace those whose minds is kept on you it was made available because of jesus he made every effort to make peace. He made to the point of death. He made a sacrifice. He put himself in uncomfortable scenarios, pain, suffering, because he loved us. And because he loved us, he wanted to commune with us. He wanted to have fellowship. And because he wanted to have fellowship, he knew we needed to communicate. But in our broken, sinful world, we weren't able to reach that, reach that destination. And so he said, I will take on the sacrifice. I will show what it looks like to resolve conflict so there can be peace. So when you say, I don't have an example, I don't have precedent, I don't have a model, look to Jesus. I'm going to say it again till it gets in your being. Look to Jesus. So when you're, you're praying, husband, father, I want to live a life that honors Jesus because he made every sacrifice. And if I've got to make sacrifices for my family, I'm going to make it. If I, but, uh, wives, when you, when you look to Jesus, you say, not what pleases me and not what I desire, but I want to honor Jesus, so I'm going to fight and make sacrifices so in my family we can honor God. Parents, you say, I want to be the father that God has called me to be, the mother God has called me to be, so if I have to make sacrifices, 
sacrifices. If I've got to go through pain, I would do it because I have a model in Jesus. Praying families experience more peace than families that don't. When there's no prayer, going back to one of my initial points, discouragement and destruction is inevitable. Whenever we pray together, we are mutually edifying one another. Quit talking down on that person that God has blessed you with. Quit putting that person down. You are destroying and you're not edifying them. God is calling you today to do what honors him. He says, mutually edify one another. Build each other up. Make every effort to make peace. Whether that's in the church family, whether that's in your own family, whether that's in your own marriage, whether that's in your friendships and relationships, make every effort to make peace. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience, but let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at my I hope center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.